Hey, it's Ashley Nicole. I appreciate y'all for listening and hopefully you're all getting your, keeping your cheeses on your crackers. I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies. Have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you. I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Free 99, zero dollars, zero cents. So go ahead and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast too. And then, so what are your thoughts with all of this um, free time? We got people doing positive things, people doing negative things. What do you think, um, what are your thoughts about how COVID-19 is causing people to have to live in their truth now that we're absent of distraction or we have this more free time to think? Um, Dev? I think it's fantastic, right? So to go like back to what Ricky said, like just seeing people flourish and like their creativity and, and going back to going back to basics, right? So going back to things that they love to do as children that they never, that they didn't have a, they, did, they, they don't, excuse me, that they didn't have time to because, you know, they're busy adulting, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like now, like you get to go back to that drawing pad that you used to go to. Now you can go back to painting like you used to do. Um, and I think it's just a beautiful thing. Uh, one thing that I wanted to say before, like just to like add to like one of the positive things that's happening, and, it, and this is an example that I just thought about, um, like the fact that people are getting a chance to spend time with their children, right? Yeah. And things that, and like really spend quality time. I have a friend that just had a baby maybe a few months ago. Um, and I think, so he had the baby in January, that's what it was. And then COVID hit in March, right? So for like the last few months, like he's been home with the baby. And that's like typically in the, in the United States, we don't really have uh, time off as men to spend with their children, right? So like he's had that and he's been like having to adjust because now he's going back to work. Um, and he's talking about like how much he's thinking about his son and like how he's missing his son. Um, but yeah, it's so, like one of the big, uh, like all the family time that people are having now, which is, is really cool. That's one of, the, one of the things I like to see. Awesome. Okay, I'm sorry. I had a technical <laughs> that time. Um, Jared, what are some of your uh, your thoughts as far as how uh, people are, I guess, flourishing in this um, this space of like with the lack of distraction? Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of like a return to love and return to self. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of times I say when I'm across the couch from someone, I'll say, I think this whole journey in this earth suit is about a return to love, like a return to truth, you know? And um, it's like a, it's like a huge reset. It's like a huge reset. 
And in a lot of ways, it's like a detox, you know, where you can reset and see where you really are and um, really get grounded and centered. Because I think so much of our identity, we're socialized for so much of our identity to be externalized mm -hmm. about the alphabets behind our name or mm -hmm. how many different twist out patterns you can do. Yes, four C represent. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> um, you know, or like, you know, what you what you drive, or like how small your waist can be with a waist trainer, or how funny <laughs> all this externalized stuff. You know what I mean? It's externalized identity, and we feel better about ourselves because of other people's like, you know, perception, you know, or accolades or dismissal of us. Oh, I got I got five likes versus fifty, or you know, five thousand or whatever. And so so externalized. So now we're having to go back to self and source. Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying is it's like it's you and me it's like the person in the mirror you know and I think to that end I, I think that that is probably more so than positive or negative I think that's a healthy shift because as long mm -hmm. as we need things outside of ourselves to be okay we're going to always suffer but we can mm -hmm. learn how to regulate or regulate not that we don't need other people or things like that but we're not going after all this outside stuff and I mean it's the greatest peace and the greatest freedom that you can you can find that divine love and that self-love Awesome. Tisa? Um, I agree with what both um, Jay said and Deb, um, but I think the best thing I've learned, well, I've loved is seeing people kind of find their voice um, and everything, mm -hmm. whether you agree with what they're saying or not, like the ability, like people just kind of speaking up on anything, like they've just been finding yeah. their voice and I love it. Yeah. And like some people, they complain about people like, I never knew they, they felt this way. They don't like me. Like, so you want them to be in secret? Like, I love it. You know, like, if you hate Go me, back to sweeping it under the rug. Mm -hmm. me, like. <laughs> so, like, I have really, you know, enjoyed listening to people, whether I think they are completely idiotic or, you know, fairly <laughs> intelligent, you know? Like, I have loved the fact that people are finding their voice and they're boldly speaking about how they feel about things. You know, it, it might be a little left-sided, but... Like, mm -hmm. I really enjoy it because, you know, for so long, people, they just kind of stand in the shadows because they're afraid people are going to judge them, you know, for how they feel. Like, if you feel that way, you feel that way. You know, like, who you are is who you are, and that you shouldn't be afraid to point. be who you are. Right. So, I, I've enjoyed it. Like, a lot of people are complaining because they're so accustomed to people having this facade and right. being this fake person, even though they complain about people being fake all the time. So, now that people <laughs> are being real, like, they don't know what to do. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, like, I love that part of, you know, COVID, people just speaking up, like, shit, this me. Like, I deal with this. <laughs> this is who I am. Like, Being very unapologetic. Even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well love said. It. Really, really well said, Tisa. But mm -hmm. The voice, the, the finding of the voice and coming out of the shadows, that's, that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Right. And then, Ricky, I know you touched on um, the things that you were saying. Are you seeing, I know that you're seeing mostly positive, but are you thinking that um like that's probably more positivity from this um all of this free time and lack of distractions well most definitely i think my comments earlier was mistaken i don't see it as mostly positive i'm a pretty even killed type of person uh -huh. but just the tone at the time i kind of just wanted to you know start trending towards the positive sides of things that of this thing um i think we are starting to find our voice. That is a beautiful thing. I think that is also because people don't face the societal pressures day to day of social interaction and 
potentially what they perceive as judgment. So they feel freer to be themselves because they don't have to deal with those people anyway. Um, I think that for the most part, I would say we are dealing with two traumas, not just COVID-19, but the state of society today. Mm -hmm. So I think that compounds things a little bit for us. Um, So I think at one point, let's say mid-March, April, May, that was very, very much so just the COVID time. Like, that was our focus. And I think people kind of transition their focus to now we are literally in a life or death state of emergency. And we're facing a pandemic. So it's compounding the stress, as J-Rock said earlier. And it is making it a little tougher. But I am seeing people be very resilient. Yeah. Um, so that's a good thing. I am seeing us as black people begin to come together and actually stay together and not just be like a trend. Yeah. Because, you know, with the short attention span, like it's becoming a movement for us to not only support each other, but to truly genuinely be there for each other and be able to listen when other people talk, men respecting women and not allowing a lot of the things that we used to see and still do see to an extent, um, as it relates to black men and women. Um, I know that uh, there have been like three of three to five national cases of black women either being assaulted, gone missing, or killed. And most of those have been committed, sadly, by black men. Mm. And that is, that's tough. Yeah. Um, and I know that also speaks to something that black women worry about, which is something that I am trying to preach against and trying to, again, encourage men to get mentally healthy and get mentally well mm-hmm. and know that our women are here to be honored. Um, because you guys have a lot on your, you guys have a lot on your plate. I know you deal with just as much stress as we do as men, but we mostly see women in the community supporting men and we don't see that reciprocation of support right the other way yep and that's something that we're trying to you know begin to build that movement for and hopefully the wave people begin to ride the wave i think that's a like that's a like that's a a really great point ricky and you know like with how we try to tell like, so, you know, thinking about, like, the black community, we tell black, we tell white people, like, hey, look, you need to check your white friends and all these other people because y'all are, like, y'all the reason why this is like this, right? So, for, right? So, it's the same way in the in our community. So, it's like, I've been doing my best to tell other men, like, look, we're, unfortunately, the biggest perpetrators against our black women, right? So, it starts with us. Right. It starts with what Ricky said, like getting our mental together and getting ourselves together um, and releasing that toxic masculinity and understanding like yeah. women are people. Right. Because I feel like a lot of of men see women as like less than like damsels in, in distress. And it's like, well that's said. not the case. Like that's like that's not like women are people. Um, it's one women of those, are people like that's like that's that, like, that's really it. Like uh, like stop. So like if your boy calls a woman a female like stop him like hey like that's not right like little like small stuff like that yeah. like a firm 
a woman's humanity, right? Um, yeah, that's powerful. So, like, little things like that, which are in turn, like, turn to bigger things because, you know, it all, it all like, builds down or builds up, rather. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but I forgot. Ricky brought up so many excellent points. I'm like, that's actually a whole, like, episode two. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. <laughs> Because one of the first things he said was there's been two traumas and I'm like oh that's a whole other 45 you know or whatever mm -hmm. because that's so true you know um and then the thing that he was or the not the thing but the comment about the presence of men supporting women and kind of bringing balance to that and the fact that in most communities same race violence against each other happens you know who harms most Indian Americans Asian Americans Asian Americans, right, Indian Americans, right. mm -hmm. white, white, where's white, white on white crime? You know, right, it's the right, same right. thing. Somehow ours true. has gotten sensationalized, but that's another topic too. That's a whole, that's a whole two episodes. You see where I'm going with this. You see where I'm going with this, But I do like what he's talking about, how it just, it, it just, you know, what Ricky was saying and then Devin was piggybacking on what just the idea of like raising the, the vibration, the narrative, the consciousness because it does start at home it really mm -hmm. does because if we can if we can look within and heal ourselves on some level it's going to be a ripple mm -hmm. effect That's it. you know and so um and then the way that the brain works through conversations like checking your friends mm -hmm. they may not change immediately but i have a little brain model somewhere over here in my office i always have it out but it has all these lines and grooves in it mm -hmm. and every time you get a new idea a new thought it's like a new introduction of a new group so it doesn't mean that it's going to rectify everything from the last 600 years, which, by the way, we were not always under the umbrella of colonization, but that's another conversation. Right, 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 right. There was a lot that happened before, before this. Yeah, before, was before not we got our to history. this. Yeah, yeah, this is like a moment. This, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a moment in thousands of years of history here. We need to recognize that. And also let our young people know that, too. This is not where it started. Right, it didn't Not start in 1619. Yeah, no, right. sir. Right, no. right, right. Oh, there were some civilizations and some industries and medicine yeah, yeah. and academics happening thousands of years ago. And just watch, you know, or research on your own for that. I mean, that's where it's the inception of life, the inception of life. So we didn't start Ooh. in this place. But anyway, Ricky and um, <laughs> Devin, I appreciate you guys as, as men in the space, just, you know, bringing up some of those topics. It's, it's, very, it's, it's incredibly valuable. Absolutely. Can I get a short, uh, in, I want to piggyback off what J-Rock said. Um, uh -huh. Please do your research on Black history. The one thing that I will say is the further back in history you go, no matter what culture you're researching, the blacker it gets. <laughs> that, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hate Ethiopia. Nobody's making this up. That's where the oldest archaeological dig for human remains is Hadar, Ethiopia. Everything migrated out from there. And all mm -hmm. of these different shades or different shades that came from one source. So this idea that children are growing up being scared of darkness and I'm scared of black and it's evil, then why is the entire universe covered in blackness? Right. Why does everything that grows in the ground grow in blackness? Talk if about anybody it. can answer that for me, then I'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean you all. I just mean, you know, the general, like... Somebody. The masses. We, we the all masses. Need answers. We all need those answers because they're, like, they're major. And um, I think that those were all really great responses. Um on that uh, particular topic. I would like to transition to the um, next topic. Um, during this conversation, we've been discussing dealing with the reality of normal and how we're um, adjusting during COVID and making this transition for the new normal. Um, 
I would like to start with J-Rock uh, and Dale. What are some of the things that you can you would suggest people do while we're uh, making this adjustment? Like mentally stay okay. impact. Um, so one of the biggest things, right? So one of the biggest things that I've been telling people to like maintain or to adjust to is just routine, right? Um, establishing a new routine to help you kind of get back to to establish a normal, right? Because this is now what we have to deal with, right? So before it might have been, okay, I need to get my phone, need to get my keys, need to get my wallet. Now you have to get your mask, right? So like you have to incorporate those things, um, figuring out, you know, with the world slowly opening back up, like what your transportation looks like for folks who take public transportation. Like, is that a viable option now? Uh, trying to figure out, you know, plugging in COVID friendly, if you will, uh, adaptations to your old routine. Um, to establish a new one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, those are some really good practical, um, you know, steps. And I think that, you know, from a standpoint of like consciousness, so I have been practicing meditation, mindfulness and yoga for a while now, um, probably close to 10 years. And one of the, the first tenets of it is to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because there's no other moment that matters more than this moment right here. No moment mm -hmm. behind you and no moment ahead of you. And so practicing mindfulness, it calms the central nervous system. It brings us into the present so that we're not catastrophizing over what mm -hmm. could happen. We're not lamenting on what has already occurred. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't take a look ahead or take a look back, but those, those don't need to be our dominating thoughts or our domineering thoughts. But that comes through neural repetition because the brain is like a, is a muscle. It's not like a, it is a muscle. It's like any other muscle that neuroplasticity and that neuro, that repetition has to happen over and over. So if you can just take five minutes of your day mm -hmm. and sit with yourself, and if that's a struggle, that's a great place to get curious. Why is it so difficult to sit with myself? Because mm -hmm. when we do that, we quiet the mind, and. And doing that without judging the thoughts that show up, just look at it as like a train going past, releasing the judgment. There's so much, my goodness, mm -hmm. puritanical uh, post-colonial judgment. <laughs> you know, I did good, I did bad, I should have woke up early, this happened, uh, that my head just uh -huh. lay down, my bank account was, okay, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> yes, I said my head just lay down. That is a real concern in America. But anyway, um, but no, so having that mindfulness. So ask yourself when, what is happening in the now? W-I-N, what's happening in the now, in this moment, because that's within your lotus of control. And then lastly, mm -hmm. understanding that it is not your work to control the actions and reactions of other people at a mm -hmm. local level or at the level of big farmer or the government, but to manage, in, in, to manage within your own locus of control, your own reactions, your own experience. And then get involved if you can, you know, if you, if you can and if you, show, if you so choose to and feel so inspired to, not only contributing to some of these organizations, but join your local city council, like join your school board, like become a presence to help affect change. But then at the same time, realizing what's happening in the now, being in the moment and that I'm not here to control people's reactions, but to manage my own. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love, I love those responses. I've, those are great practices. 
been trying to implement those. Um, Tisa, Ricky, um, how are, hey, how are y'all? <laughs> what are some of you guys' suggestions? Um, for me, um, self-care. Um, I think people, you know, self-care, that should just be a new normal because not enough people practice healthy ways to self-care. So finding ways to self-care, um, healthy coping ways, um, speaking up. I think a new norm should be, well, it shouldn't be a new norm. It should just be normal, period. Um, don't wait for things to escalate. Like, if something is bothering you or someone did something to offend you, like, address it right then and there. Don't mm -hmm. wait, you know, and try to think it through. Like, you know, address it, speak on it right then, you know, so you can get it out the way so a small thing won't become a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, address those things. Um, being proactive instead of reactive all the time. You know, like, have something set in place. And um, I guess from an education standpoint, um, one of the things I guess kind of offended, what it bothered me really with everything is um, parents, guardians, whoever, don't be so just focused on wanting the teachers and stuff to teach your children. Like you're your first kid's you know, teacher, so you can't expect people to do the things that you're supposed to do. So teach your children so that when things come to place, like you want somewhere, you can be somewhere feeling like you're kind of lost in La La's land or you don't have an idea of what's going on. Like, you know, be present in your children's life or know what's going on in the school systems or whatever the case may be. Just be present and, you know, teach your children, learn what's going on. Like, it shouldn't be like something happens and oh, it wasn't learning. Like, we have to be, you know, more present. If you see someone is lacking, you know, kind of like the village. Like when we were young, you know, it took a village. So you had other people, you know, kind of filling in the gap. So if you see something that's going on, you know, fill in that gap. If you see someone you don't have anything, you know, kind of step up, don't just kind of look to the side and talk about them. And I think that's a big thing. So that's something that needs to change. You know, like, don't just talk about people. If you see a problem, address it. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes people just don't know. So, you know, stand up because you can be that light for somebody who don't have any direction. So just be a light to people, be kind, be respectful, be positive, and just lift other people up because I feel like, you know, we all need it, motivate people because the kind word goes a long way. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Thank you. I definitely agree with you, Tisa. That was that's fun, that's going to be fundamental for the healing of the black community. It's for us to begin to get back to that. It takes a village. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. Well, I have thoughts on where we kind of got away from that, but I don't want to be too controversial. But <laughs> we went from it takes a village to don't say anything to my child. Don't mm. tell me what to do. Mm. Don't, you know, well, if you don't accept me for me, and it's like, if the consistent thing in whether it be your friendships, your interactions with people, or people perceive you this way, then that means that everybody can't be wrong. And while you may not be scared, while you may not be mm, truly accepting of what they're saying you have to be conscientious and cognizant enough and self-aware enough to say if multiple people are saying this there may be at least a small bit of truth in there so let me right. mm -hmm. yeah. gotta find some accountability here because i feel like it's it's lacking right now so that needs to be a normal accountability because it's not normal and not feeling <laughs> yeah. like every time yeah. somebody tells you the truth it's hate oh they hate it no baby you really got a problem mm -hmm. <laughs> right, Every, like everybody not hating. Right. If Twenty people tell you the same thing. Everybody not hating. The right. joke. That's hilarious. Um, so we've got the. So it seems like we all pretty much kind of on the same page as far as being more positive 
um, taking care of yourself. Um, I know one of the um, the things I've been working on in Ju July. Oh, June. We're just not July. It's all one day. It's all, it's one, all day. one big no day. Yeah. It's <laughs> one of the things I've been working on is making sure um, I know people are thinking self care. Um, is taking like spa days, things of that nature, asking people, have you eaten today? Um, mm -hmm. Did you take a break today? Did you work straight those, um, your full eight hours if you are working, like things of that nature? Um, I thank you guys very much for your input. This has been a great conversation. Are there any final thoughts um, on the topic from you guys? Um, I, had, well, I didn't want to ask the question early because I didn't want to like mess up the flow. Um, and I don't know if it's okay to ask it now, but when we was talking about, you know, the different issues, um, one of the things I guess I want to talk about was, you know, um, the inability for like black men and black women to coexist with our pain. Like it's always a comparison as far as, you know, how we deal with things like black men can't talk about that issue without having to compare with the issues that we deal with as black women. It's like we fail to coexist with our traumas. Like no one wants to hear one another like, well, you don't know what it's like because this is what I'm dealing with as a black woman. Well, you don't know what it's like for me because I'm dealing with it as a black man where, you know, like we just talking at one another versus, you know, having a conversation where we can like really just listen and figure out how we can come together and, you know, just heal on one accord versus feeling like we need to be in competition because it seems like we are competition with our pain and trauma a lot of times and we don't know how to heal because it's, we're too busy trying to compare war wounds. Like, well, this is what's happened to me. And, and I feel like that's a lot of our problems too in the community. Like we can't get ahead because we're always competing with our pain versus trying mm -hmm. to find ways to cope and heal and collectively move forward together because we're trying to, you know, I'm moving forward, they're here. And then this person moves forward and versus we just, you know, come together and moving forward together as one unit. Like we're not in unison at all. Mm -hmm. That is so true. That's easily visible on Facebook or any social media right now. Oh, How about any conversation where somebody posts something and says, women only, ask a question, and it should be used as, well, for, for men as a time to learn. Just be quiet. You don't really have to comment. Nobody even knows you have that you were even reading those comments, but you're taking what's said, you're notating it, and you're being cognizant of what women are saying. But so many times you'll see a man jump on a post, that did not ask for a man's opinion and say that. <laughs> right. Life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you may not agree with what's being said, but unless it applies, well, I feel like a hit dog holler. If you feel like it truly don't apply to you, then you should be able to read it and keep scrolling. And just right. know that women feel this way about this one topic. And take that as an educational time to better yourself and better your interactions with women as you come across them. Uh, and vice versa. So, Tisa, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Right, so one of those things, like, right, Ricky, if it, if it don't apply, let it fly, right? Right. Because <laughs> every time you respond to it, it just, it just put all eyes on you. Like, even I'm, I'll scroll past a post and I'll see some dudes comment, and I'm like, brother, it, like, I made a post about black men really standing up for black women and being there and some women made some other types of comments and based on their comments some men responded and i'm like brother if it don't apply to you why would you even take the time Just to let it go. energy into it especially at another black woman on the public forum mm. I've, yeah. Yeah, I've seen i've seen so much yeah. of 
So it's like that old song that you're so vain. You think you probably think this song is about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I do think too, also from a trauma-informed care standpoint, I think that some of that can also speak um, to, to, as to your, your original point you brought up. I think some of it can speak quite clearly to developmental trauma. Because mm -hmm. um, I do think a lot of times adolescence and early development, if that Maslow's hierarchies and needs, those basic needs for nurturing and proper attachment mm -hmm. are there, you grow up in this grown-up body, but inside of there is stuck at that point of trauma where that brain didn't mm -hmm. develop, and you're screaming mm -hmm. for that attention in the same way that you would if you were in a third-grade classroom or a kindergarten. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it has a lot to do with it, honestly, not being hers in the competition, as you said, for, for pain mm -hmm. or, or wounds. I just saw this post uh, not too not too long ago. It said, "Heal so you can hear uh, what's being said without the filter of your wound," right? I was yeah. like, that's, that's like, great. that's, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's it. Because like people can't hear because they're still, like you said, dealing with their own stuff and yeah. they just get on the aggressive and just start projecting. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. this is, I, and I hope too, this is one of the reasons I hope that more therapists become trauma informed and EMDR certified because some stuff is trapped in the nervous system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't talk it away. You can't mm -hmm. read it away. You can't counsel it away because literally at the time that the trauma occurred, the logical part of the brain, the neocortex shut off, the hippocampus is stored long-term memory shut off so that you could survive. So then all those memories and experiences get locked in the primitive brain and the amygdala, which is why we get triggered because it's mm -hmm. locked in the trigger in that triggered space. So that's why you're popping off or whatever. It's a lot of popping off, but I really think part of that is also that trauma response. And so like with EMDR therapy, it actually opens up the, the neural networks so that you can um, process, reprocess old material, old debris without having to relive it all, mm -hmm. you know, and so remove those triggers. So I, I don't know. I think that that's another part of it. Some of it, I think, is just a nervous system thing, too, to be, to play, you know, clinical angel's advocate, I guess. They're like emotionally stagnant, like you saying, you know, like they're... Yeah. Like, chronologically, like, they may be an adult, but emotionally, you know, they're still... 10, 12, 15 years old, and people, they, mm -hmm. you got daddy issues, you got mommy issues, and it, it is that trauma, whatever, people, they don't address that part of it, like, they just no. see the superficial, you know, part of, like, whatever it is that's going on, and they don't know the history behind right. what people right. deal with, and we don't know how to have that conversation, because we're too busy judging the action. Then we shame each other, shame each yeah. other, why are you so sensitive, why are you in your feelings, why, it's all this stuff, and you're like, man, this person has been severely traumatized, there's no way they're going to open up about any of that at this point, because now mm -hmm. the defenses are up. Absolutely. People are scared to tell their story, like, it's so many people yeah. that are dealing, but people don't give them a safe place to really yeah. tell that story, because some people, when they do find, you know, the space, like, oh, you know, I think I'm ready to talk, like, they end up venting to the wrong person and they turn around and they use their pain as a weapon against that person. So mm -hmm. they expect, you know, from that one bad experience, they expect everybody else to treat them that way. Absolutely. When, you know, most people, you know, they probably won't, but because that wrong person, you know, treated their trauma and their pain, you know, with such ugliness, mm -hmm. like that was their expectation. Like, okay, to treat you that way, you know? And so they shut back down and they're right back at that space and they never give themselves permission to heal. And so their pain becomes their comfort blanket and they don't, you know, so any positivity, happiness or whatever, like they don't allow themselves to feel it because every time I try to feel happy, 
you know, something happens, so it's easy for me to comfort my pain. And that's what a lot of people do. They nurse their pain. Like, that's how they feel. You know, they, they internalize the pain. Like, I need to feel this. Like, I got to hurt. Like, you know, that that's life within them. And that's, I feel like it's a conversation that we don't have as men and women, especially with black men. Like, you know, think about like how many men, you know, let somebody really hug them and love them and, you know, like cuddle them or whatever, just to the point, like a lot of men, like they weep, you know, and silent, but we don't really give them the platform to kind of really express themselves in a healthy way because it's so much judgment and shame when it comes to the emotional standpoint of how we deal with our trauma and pain with stuff. Absolutely. And I think that's, there's, there's so many things that I'm seeing. There's more um, programs that are coming up. We have the podcast, play, the playlist podcast and things of that nature. In closing, um, I did want to just give you all a chance to, um, to just let us know. We, um, we've, we've gotten a few pointers from you guys. Um, are, do you guys have anything coming up? Um, give you a chance, give you, I want to give you a chance to reiterate your IG, your Facebook, and anything that you have coming up. I blog. You can find me on Facebook at Ricky Dancy, on IG at Sapio Ape, or the Playlist Podcast on Facebook and IG. Every Good. Thursday. What's the Thursday. IG again, Ricky? What'd you say the IG is? Sapio Ape. You looking like, I don't think I got it. <laughs> You are a therapist. <laughs> I was like, I will write Ricky later. <laughs> I, think, I think I spelled it right in the chat. Look um, at you. Pizza intuitive. <laughs> uh, so for me, you guys can follow me on, I, I think I'm on mostly, so I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dev the Counselor. So counselor with a K, uh, D-E-V-K. Uh, oh, I just, I messed that all up. So Dev the counselor. So T H E K O U N S E L O R. Um, Dev the counselor on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, I'm having a um, monthly. I just did one weeks ago, um, or maybe last Sunday. Uh, it's a pretty much just getting a space for folks, a safe space for folks to just come and talk about how they're feeling. Um, so I'm doing one of those again next month. It's called The Vent. And then I'm also doing one um, that's in the works for uh, frontline workers. So EMTs, doctors, nurses, mental health practitioners. Um, and we're just really just going to talk about like how we're handling things and kind of going back to what Tisa was saying before, like you can't really pour from a from an empty cup. So like how, you know, we're refilling our cups as um, as frontline workers. So that's on the works too. You can, you'll see the promotion for that everywhere. Um, so yeah. Thank you. Uh, so my podcast and YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all J Rock Therapy. You can look up for J Rock Therapy TV, um, and you'll be able to see updates for live events and online courses, as well as some other um, regular, you know, sort of therapeutic insights on current events and things like that. Oh, it's me. <laughs> so Instagram, um, I'm Tisa Lachey. Um, and same thing for um, Facebook. Yeah, for my Gracefully Speaking. So it's, I think it's Gracefully Speaking 87 on Facebook. My blog is gracefullyspeaking87.com. 
and um, I'm finally going to do a podcast. Um, I haven't started it yet, so <laughs> I'm finally going to do a, a podcast. It's going to be gracefully speaking, and I'm hoping to kind of get it up and running here in the next week or so. So thanks, Ashley, and everybody else who's kind of pushed me into doing these lives and all these little speaking little things. So yeah, thank you, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley's been making it happen. <laughs> so much. Y'all can thank Paige because Paige talked me. Paige was the push. He don't even know it. I thank y'all so much. That that is all. I'm so glad you guys were able to come, um, be a part of this conversation with us. I thank you all for working with me on this learning curve of getting this together, getting it organized. I thank you guys for all your patience. Um, be on the lookout because I'm gonna be emailing you for those next episodes because we have a three-part series coming up for Black Lives Matter. Um, we got an episode coming up about religion and, um, and mental health. We have, um, I think there's a there's a list of at least 15 topics that we have coming up. Um, if you haven't already, um, fill out that form. I'll send the link again um, on any any topics that you would like to discuss, um, so that when we do have an episode coming up, I can reach out and see if you want to hop on this episode or if not. Um, of course, I'll be better with uh, outlining what I need from you when we do come back for like the next episodes coming up. Um, what else if i was rich i would send y'all like a 15 dollars gift card or something <laughs> i thought about it this morning but then i was like oh it's time to pay rent but just don't <laughs> right, in my heart i was going to get y'all a thank you present and one day when this is on national television and I'm like, this is my first episode and then i'll be like oprah like you'll get a thank you you'll get a thank you. <laughs> i thank y'all so much thank you uh, ashley speak with <laughs> Thank y'all so much. And y'all can enjoy your space now. Yeah, thank you.